Wow, that was such a long hiatus. I know. I feel like it's been a lifetime. Uh, so you know we are still on SoundCloud. Uh, maybe we're going to switch one day. I don't know. No one knows. No one really knows. No one knows. Maybe God knows, but I don't know if God knows. <laughs> SoundCloud certainly doesn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, it should also be said, this is the first time we're recording long distance. Uh, I've moved up to graduate school, so we're now doing this in a kind of convoluted Google Hangouts audio editor sort of sending files back and forth method. Um, we're not sure how this is going to sound. We hope it sounds as good, if not better. Uh, Scott's going to do his best in post to make it pretty, but we apologize in advance if the quality has dropped at all. Yeah, this is already take two for us, because the yeah, first time I we didn't realize up. Ben wasn't recording up. the whole episode. No, I... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so so we, have, we have a really good recording of an episode, I but it's need, only my responses to Ben's questions. Just start the damn show, Scott. <laughs> Hey folks, and welcome to Dungeon Casters, the Dungeon Master Advice Show for Rookie DMs by Rookie DMs. I'm Ben. And I'm Scott. We're here, help, we're here to help you prepare your new campaign. To enter the ring with Ivan Drago. I will break your podcast. This week on Dungeon Casters, we're going to be talking about fighters. I'm going to do this bit again. Clang, clang. <laughs> oh man. You... It wasn't better the second time. You are so good at doing that. I'm such, a, I'm such a good fight noise boy. You are. Grad yeah. school really changed you, Ben. <laughs> it has hardened me into a grad man. I came in a grad boy. I have exited a grad man. Oh, good. Well, like most of our mini-sodes, we're going to start talking about the basic functionality of fighters, what it means to most people, what it specifically means to us, and, and then we're going to talk about to customized. <laughs> oh, okay, good. so first things first. Tanks. They're Tanks. beefy. They're beefy. They're really beefy. They're surprisingly beefy. For a class I didn't think was going to be beefy because they're called fighters, they're extremely defensive. Yeah, they have they have a lot of defense abilities. They have the they're one of the few classes that has the ability off the bat to wear like heavy armor, so you can have a yeah. really really high armor class. And shields, they get the shields, but they still get to wear light armor if they want it, so they get dex bonuses attached to it. I mean, the options are are they they go on and on, but um, their their ability to take damage and they just get like a big health pool. You yeah. know, they get a big health pool. They get constitution as a saving throw. Like, they're just hard to take down. Yeah, they um, certainly are. They, they're just, they're meaty. Uh, they can deal a lot of damage when they need to. Certainly as they level up, they get more and more attacks, which helps a lot, uh, and more actions in general. Um, yeah. But they they can hit hard, again, because they can use, like, every weapon. So if you want a big weapon, you can get a big weapon. And big weapons hurt, hurt bad. Or if you want a little weapon, or like a, a lot little of little too. weapons, you can do like that too. Like a ton of little weapons. Yeah. You can get anything you want. Um, so, as you may have guessed, primarily their their sort of in-the-book role is combat, uh, much in the way barbarians uh, are, are kind of combat-oriented. But we're here to say that there's a lot of things you can do with them outside of combat. You don't have to strictly stick to that. They're not one-trick ponies. A lot of they're people not. think they're one-trick ponies, but they can wear a lot of hats. They can wear a lot of hats. They they are they have they have they have medium sized heads. 
and they, yes. they can fit they can fit all hats. All the um, hats. Yeah, so one of the things that we liked most about fighters when we were thinking about them was that uh, a lot of other classes seem to come with kind of a profession or a mission. So you get something like a cleric, like they're devoted to a god and the god's mission, and they're out there spreading the word. Paladins are kind of the same way. Or you uh, get rogues, a, as you yeah, know. you get a rogue, and that's like you have the implication that you're, if not a thief or a spy, some kind of like, you know, something to do with criminals. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And and druids, you know, it's like oh, they're defending nature, and oh, they're going to have like a very specific belief set and very specific gods they follow. All the classes seem to have these kinds of things, these kind of like preset professions, belief systems, moralities obligations fighters kind of stand for everybody else in the world who's just going out to do adventuring they're not particularly tied to anybody uh at least in in the core rules i mean you can make them tied to anybody which is which is a big deal you know they're yeah. not they're not bound to a specific morality or an alignment or a job or a background um they're really open um, like I said, people treat them as combat classes, but because of their openness, they can really at least start out as anything and then become anything later down the road. Well, and that's the thing is like they are in in many ways a great blank canvas. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like you have they are combat classes. That's where their abilities come from. That's where abilities go with them. But there's not a lot of flavor to it that kind of limits you. So yeah, you your RP opportunities with a fighter are completely endless yeah they're totally boundless um because you get things like the uh the eldritch knight as a as a specialization class at third level which give you some magic options you get the uh, tactician in the battle master option which allows you to take more of a controller role and then you get the champion which is like it hits so hard that they came in twain yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the champions, I pick things up and I put them down. I pick things up, I put them down. Um, yeah, and I mean, speaking to that exact point, um, a lot of a lot of people assume fighters to be the simplest class, and I understand where they're coming from. I do. Um, they they have they don't have to really deal with a spell list, especially if you don't take, you know, some like Eldritch Knight. I mean, there really isn't a lot of extraneous stuff going on. Um, but like I like I said, I think that because they're open, there's all these options for doing other things with them. You don't have to uh, just because their their combat seems very straightforward. Um, you can do all kinds of great RP things with them. And also, um, I think it's a mistake to think combat is kind of a simple endeavor when you can't cast spells because there's so many like grapples, trips, uh, sundering weapons, breaking things, using the environment. You know, fighters. That's that's their ballpark. Like I wish more people were more cinematic with their fighting. And because yeah. fighters really only have that to flavor up their, their combat experience, uh, you know, that's, that should be your zone. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is f- combat's a third of the game. If you break yeah. it down into like the three major parts of the game being role playing, uh, combat and like, other like puzzles survival yeah. that kind of I stuff. think exploration is like what they're yeah it's all the other stuff you know but, the um, dungeoneering part exactly but like combat's a big chunk of the game and mm-hmm. we hate on combat a lot um we will we will so big time in we're gonna do episode. yeah we're gonna do an episode when we're done with these minisodes we're gonna jump right into our 
probably like multiple part <laughs> combat extravaganza. Um, and most of that is just we're still salty from three five, where combat mm-hmm. took like three yeah. hours. Got it. Um, but like, and five E done has done well to fix that, and like. But the big thing is you can roleplay just as much in combat as you can when you're interacting with NPCs. And one of the things I did recently, I just built um, my first Barbarian character. Mm-hmm. And next time I play, I'm going to be playing a Barbarian. And one of the things I did when you know I was making my character up and writing his backstory and doing that kind of stuff, I wrote specific cues for combat where like instead of saying, like, I hit him. I'm actually going to, like, say something more and be like, oh, well, like, all right, so I am going to grab his wrist and throw my leg over his neck and then my other leg over his chest and pull him to the ground in a flying arm bar. And that God, all of a sudden... thank you. That's so much cooler. <laughs> flying arm bars are dope. <laughs> I know. But I just... More players should should utilize that kind of stuff because it's true when you don't have spell casting. You know, it's like, oh, like, vines come out of the ground, and they, like, rip them to shreds, or, like, it's like, they're on fire now. It's like, it's like, I hit him with my sword. It's like, you have the option to make it better than that, and you're not taking it. You ready Take for me it. to alienate some of our audience? Or yeah, probably it, a big chunk of them? Yeah, dude, do it. Uh, casters are lazy role players. Mm, wow. Now because it's all time of, for derisive opinions. All of their spells have the flavor text built in and the role Ooh. playing's done for them. Ooh, martial spot. classes have to make it up themselves. It's harder Vicious. to role play a martial class. Ooh, that is that is coming from a man who played rogues his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so last but not least on your basic uh, fighter, the most important part of any fighter they don't look at explosions. Not once, not never. Not once, not ever. So, moving on to customization options. First and foremost, obviously, always look at explosions. Every single time, look at explosions. That is the the exa- exact opposite. We lo- we talk about breaking tropes a lot here, and we yeah. love doing that. That's a great one. If there is an explosion of any nature, stare at it. That stare will make it. you stare at it. The most unique action hero <laughs> fighter ever. Yeah, be, be fucking amazed by it. <laughs> um, so, but aside from that, uh, I know that you have a real soft spot in your heart for ranged fighters, archer fighters. Yes, yes, because you don't have to be locked into strength with a fighter like a lot of people you know. think you do. Um, just because you have the strength saving throw doesn't mean that, honestly, strength can't be a dump stat for a fighter. If you make <laughs> a bow fighter and, like... You just, like, go really hard into decks. You get all those multi-attacks. You become a machine gun. Yeah, you do. Because you, you're shooting yeah, think, four or five arrows a turn. Yeah, you were telling me it's, 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 you, you end up doing something like, you know, like, like six, six rounds per, like, if, what, six rounds per six second period. It's like one yeah. round per second. I mean, it's like an absurd yeah. speed to well, fire it's, weapons. It's like, it's a little bit of, like, you need some help. If someone casts haste on a well-leveled fighter with your bonus attacks, with your extra attacks, with your, like, abilities, and with the haste extra attacks, Mm -hmm. you get, like, six-ish attacks a turn. Your turn is six seconds long in-game, so that means you're shooting an arrow every second. That's 60 arrows a minute. That's a machine gun. (laughs) (laughs) So... A strong possibility. I mean, it's it should be said that, I mean, in that way, I mean, they 
compete with rangers and in some cases are better archers than rangers and i we mentioned this in the original version har 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 that yeah. um you know Take we weren't going to get into unearthed arcana too too much but they released um like an arcane archer class for for uh, the unearthed arcana series and um you know it gives you like spell based uh arrows uh you know smoke screens and firebombs stuff like that and they give it to the fighter they didn't give it to the ranger they gave it to the fighter and I was like, if that doesn't tell me that they also think the fighter is a better range class than the ranger, then I don't know what does. Well, the other thing is, even if you are a strength fighter, you can still be a range strength fighter. Like, you could just be, mm-hmm. like, javelin man. Yeah, what, what there's, like, a what a compound or a composite bow in there that that is a strength weapon. That was 3-5. That, that five. Five? Oh, that's there used to be a strength five, bow. Then. That's right. That's right. Not anymore. Strength right. bow's that's gone. Right. That's right. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> well, but, by the way... Either way, you get Dex Fighters. I know you, oh, yeah. uh, you're partial to Dex Fighters. Yeah, because, like, finesse weapons with a Dex Fighter, like, again, strength make is your dump stat, you put all it into Dex, and then you use finesse weapons, all of a sudden, you're just as good as a fighter, except, like, you put on some light armor and you have a dope Dex, so now you have an even better AC than the dude in plate mail, and none of the disadvantages of wearing yeah. plate mail. Yeah, because because the game always comes down to the same kind of numbers. You can basically get the same numbers from different places. So you can you can supplement armor with dexterity and vice versa. So if yeah. you can just make a dex fighter, like you, you end up with the same numbers. It's um it's kind of absurd in a weird way. I don't know. I never really thought about it, but I'll have to think about that some more. Yeah. <laughs> um so the, the other thing to consider is your fighters don't always have to be idiots. I know that I know that it's it's like tempting for some reason. Because you think fighters, like what they're good at is weapons. Like they're good at hitting stuff real hard. <laughs> um, so for that reason, you know, the same reason they're simple, you you know, DMs are will tend to give them to new players, or new players will tend to take them on because they think they're really simple. I just hit it, my turn's over, I run forward, I hit it, my turn's over, so on and so forth. Um but again, because you have such a blank canvas character, you you it's your responsibility, at least in my opinion and our opinion, that you use all that blank space space to effectively build up a character that is interesting to roleplay and behaves in a more nuanced way. Uh, exactly, one hundred percent. Yeah, I like to look at the um, the skills a given class has because there's always like a few surprises in there. There's always some stuff like, oh, I didn't realize they got this. Um, and for fighters, you get history, insight, and animal handling as abilities. And like, when you think about fighting, those aren't necessarily like the go-to skills you would think of. And, but I like the idea a lot. I mean, the history and the insight certainly go hand in hand with a battle master, an eldritch knight too. Animal handling, I think, goes with anything. I think that is like a trait is very cool. Um, but I mean, even in a regular fighter, even if you go champion. You can be a champion who has studied and isn't a moron and is, has insightful things to say well, because they've seen a lot. They, they think a lot, you know. Exactly. And, like, the insight can be watered down to, you know, I assume the reason they put it in the fighter's wheelhouse is because of the idea of, like, reading people on the battlefield. That's what insight mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Your, it's mostly used in role-playing for, like, oh, is this person lying to me? But, like, yeah. in combat, that's how you detect a feint. That's how you, you know, read the flow of battle. That's how you see where your enemies are going. So, like, yeah. being a really intuitive 
um, you know, insightful, intelligent fighter is totally an option and like a much cooler option. Yeah, I would definitely say as a DM, if I had a fighter or similar class roll an insight check to try to determine a weak point on an enemy and they rolled well enough, I would give them that crit. Like I would I would auto crit the next hit if they hit, you know, or, yeah. or something like that. You know, I, cool. I would I would reward the use of a skill outside of its normal context. Um, and I think it's important to do that. And I think that there's no reason why somebody whose natural inclination is to study fighting and is a gifted fighter and is insightful wouldn't be able to figure out where this thing is going to be hit the hardest. I mean, I think that makes total sense to me and I would happily reward that. Uh, sort of in the same vein, we were considering, you know, as we always do, uh, alternative options for your fighter uh, in more specific terms. And so one of the things we came up with was sort of the gentle fighter, a noble fighter. Uh, one of genteel. our characters, genteel, 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 genteel yeah. Um, he's not like our, he's not like a soft boy. Right. He is. He's nobility. He's genteel. Genteel. Um, so you know the fighter we have in our campaign uh, is nobility, and certainly that idea comes from him. I think in this case, um, but at the same time, you have to think that in the medieval era, in, in eras prior, and in eras still in a lot of cases, um, those who would be trained to fight would probably, you know, if they weren't in the military or something, would be nobility because they'd have the money to hire really, really great trainers. They'd have the time to train. And a lot of people who were rich were exceptionally skilled in, like, the martial combats. And so alongside of that, because they lived that life, they're also probably studying in general. You know, their parents want them to be smart because they'll probably become an important ruler or aristocrat someday. And they may end up having to go to war and they don't want them to die. You know, yeah. they want them to be safe, but also it's it's sort of a, it's um like a show of power thing. It's like, oh, like, you know, my my child is, is so skilled because we have all this money to pay for the best tutors and, and ah, isn't it amazing? And that's a, that's a great way to go with a fighter, I think. And yeah, and actually, I think um, on the exact opposite side of that, not looking at the noble background, but looking at the folk hero background, the idea mm. that coming from humble birth, you look at uh, the battle master. One of its abilities it gets pretty early on is you gain the proficiency with it's either one or three different trade tools. So like mm. you have the idea of like this folk hero who like, you know, was innately good at combat, but also like if you go battle master, all of a sudden it like makes more sense. Cause yeah, you have these trade skills. You were, you know, a carpenter, a farmer, an herbalist or something like that. And yeah. you have a well, that's like, it's, I think in the text of the book, it talks about being like well-rounded and that's mm -hmm. the thing about a fighter is you don't just have to be like, I'm going to murder everyone. You don't have to be, you know, like American psychopath. You have to be, you can be like, you know, whatever you want. Oh, pardon me. American psycho, not psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think I'm thinking now that fighter might be kind of a misnomer and maybe it's more accurate to just, if they were just called adventurers, you know? I mean, I yeah. know that they're combat oriented, but in a lot of ways they just seem like adventurers to me. Um, so other things you do, you had mentioned the duelist. Oh um, yeah. When we were I'm, talking before this, yeah. I'm a big fan of pulling that fighter, as I was mentioning before with the Dex fighter into the more swashbuckly era and like having your fighter, you know, have a rapier in his forehand and a parrying dagger in his offhand and being that like, whoa, whoa poke, 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 step back yeah. and jump back and whoa. Yeah. Cause I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. 
that comes from a character I built and I never got to play, uh, which was when Volo's Guide to Monsters came out, they created the Goblin as a playable class, which is like, or playable race, and that's always been one of my favorite races to play. I fucking love goblins. I think they're hilarious, but like, the problem is, I as I've, we've mentioned many times, I play rogues, and the goblin's racial ability is almost exactly the rogue's level 2 ability, cunning action, so it becomes redundant and a little frustrating mm. to play a goblin yeah, rogue. I know. So I was like, I'm going to make a goblin fighter, because I never play fighters, and then I still got like that little roguish ability, so I'm still you know more comfortable with it, but like yeah, also, yeah. that makes a cool fighter having like dash and disengage as uh bonus actions you can Mm -hmm. jump in and out of the fray and like be that kind of situational use your uh environment fighter which is really cool for the idea of like a duelist yeah that's a big deal i mean one one of the things kind of on the same front is uh you had mentioned like a sniper because they do get such uh proficiency with ranged combat that you, you can you know maybe not to the extent that the ranger can get long range with their ranged attacks but a sniper is still doable as a fighter, and so I like the idea of a fighter coming into combat and starting at a, a decent range, and you as the DM playing out the enemies that you're in control of see uh, a character at long range, and you know logically in a lot of cases you assume you know the, the enemies assume oh that must be you know kind of a, a weedy archer type you know we can take them out probably because they're really problematic and peppering us with damage anyway. And they run up to them, they go to charge them because they think that they can square them off. And all of a sudden, you know, they're incredibly proficient in hand-to-hand yeah. combat. And it's like, oh, shit. You know, like, exactly. he, was, he was the DM, no, but it's 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 a nice thing uh, to have when you are playing against your players. Because it reminds you that the enemies, too, are only able to understand what's what they're able to sense. And somebody, you know, it's it's like, you know, sometimes you dress your wizards up in armor because they assume the wizard's going to be the one in the robe. And it's like, they don't think to attack them first. You know, it's the yeah. same kind of thing. You give your fighter a lot of ranged ability, but they're still decent enough with martial stuff. All of a sudden, you have a kind of nice trick you can plant a lot of enemies. Yeah, um, and like... I like that. I've, the way I look at it in that regard is like, yeah, the ranger is like the woodsman, the trapper, the woodcraft kind of guy. Yeah. But... The fighter is the archer on the castle wall, like up on the mm. battlements that's just like yeah. launching arrow after arrow into a sea of yeah. enemies. And like yeah. still just as good as an archer, maybe in a different maybe less pinpoint and more, you know, shotgun method of an archer, but still like a very competent archer. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um so we had also said you do something like cavalier. Uh, a mounted fighter. Um, this maybe doesn't come up as much. I, I don't know. I don't hear many people talking about it. I'm sure there's people who run mounted combat. Uh, I know that we haven't generally done it because there's some funky rules and it's like a whole to do depending on where you're going and stuff. But you know, especially if you're if you as a DM are planning uh, large scale combat, mounted combat would be great. Um, and I want to segue this into the the other part. You know, we considered circus performers. As a, as a cool fighter background, you have knife throwers and hatchet jugglers, bodybuilding types, uh, and likewise, you know, you have, like, uh, people who are entertainers, um, and you have, you know, like, jousters, you know, not like, they didn't start as necessarily like military people, but they're entertainers, I mean, they're professional jousters, or they do those kinds of night games, you get, like, you know, a less roguish Robin Hood, but, you know, fundamentally, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. 
Well, and with that, in the entertainer background, there's the alt rules for doing a gladiator background. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, being a gladiator as your background, not in the sense of, like, oh, Greco-Roman or Roman times and I'm a slave and I'm forced to fight for entertainment, but more like, this is a job I chose because yeah. I have these skills in combat and I needed money, so I'm just going to, like, fight dudes in this ring and people are going to bet on me and this is going to be my job. And, but at yeah. the end of the day, you're still gregarious, you're still an entertainer, you're still flamboyant for yeah. the sake of the audience. And it gives you a reason to fight with a trident and a net, which I just think is the coolest way to fight. Oh, yeah. Well, and that was something <laughs> that was something that I wanted to talk about, too, and that we, we mentioned when we were, you know, pre-writing this or whatnot, that, like, looking into history more so than the, like, standard high fantasy... British, French, German, medieval kind of culture yeah. is a great way to make a really cool fighter. Like, as long as you're good about cultural appropriation and stuff like that, and you're not being, like, a scumbag about it, you can look into some of, like, like First Nation tribes and Aboriginal tribes and African tribes and, like, uh, even, even Asian cultures and stuff like that, and you can find these, like, really cool, unique warriors that you can make yeah. your fighter into. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the huge advantages of playing a more mundane character is that there is so much to draw from in historical context because there were tons of warriors, tons of chieftains and war leaders and pirate captains and, and like, you know, god kings that went into combat and, and you know, you know, even like we had early presidents, you know, for a long time who went into combat. You know, I mean, like you can draw so much from so many people all around the world. I mean, you can't do that with like wizards as much because wizards like weren't a thing. Yeah, you get some here and there, you get like folkloric sort of things, but like when you're talking to fighters, I mean Jesus Christ, put your hand in the basket and just pick one at random because there's Well Jesus Christ thousands. was probably a cleric. Jesus Christ probably wasn't a fighter. That's fair. But put your hand in the basket and just draw something at random because there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things you could draw from in that front. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So last thing is we're going to enter Scott's feet-based fighter Palooza because oh feats my God. on a fighter are maybe more important than they are or more useful than with other classes. With any other class. Like, listen, the feats in 5e, um, you get them less frequently than you did in other editions in 3.5 and stuff like that, which make them more valuable. They're also, like, better abilities than they were back in the day, so mm. it does balance out. And, you know, level 4, level 8, level 12, I think you get, like, that plus 2 stat boost. Or you can do a feat. And, like, using feats to color your fighter is so cool. Because, like, you have things like Tavern Brawler, where you can make, like, the improvised weapon fighter who can turn any attack into a grapple and Mm. just become, like, WW. You could be, like... You know, Macho Man Randy Savage as a fighter. Because you can just yeah. use that, like, folding chair and then put him in a, a suplex, chokehold, figure four, leg lock, or whatever you want. Yeah. Um, you can do, like, Polar Master and just have this, like, threat range of ten feet all in all directions where if anyone comes close to you, mm. you just hit him with your spear. I'm you can very do... into that idea. It's really cool. Also, you know, fighters have the fighting style of, uh, you know, two-weapon fighting, and then there's a dual-wielder feat, which isn't redundant. It just gives you other, better options. It just makes you mm. better at two-weapon fighting, so it just yeah. further improves. Yeah, so I consider feats very seriously. 
Um, especially in 5e where like those stat bumps aren't quite as necessary as they used to be. And they're good, but they're not like as like mandatory as they once were. And the feats are exceptional. They're a great yeah. option. And they think I mean, that they're totally worth exploring with a class like this. Yeah, because that was the thing is we were talking about before how like our players and ourselves often do go for the stat bump because we we learned on 3-5, so we're still not like 100% comfortable with the fact that 5e numbers are lower. So mm-hmm. we want those stats to be high. And, you know, yeah. a 16 is not a low stat. It's a very competent modifier. Yeah. Once upon a time, um, that was like middle of the road. Now it's like, you're, you're it's, okay. You're okay for yeah. a while on a 16. Exactly. Um, and, yeah. yeah. So, um Let's get into some example fighters. Uh, Actually, to to my shock, there's a lot more than I thought there would be. I thought this was going to be really hard. It turned out this was not that hard. (laughs) Um, There was an abundance. Um, So first off, I'm going to start with one of my favorites. One of my favorite TV shows as a child was Xena the Warrior Princess. Lucy Lawless, just amazing. Um, She has everything a fighter needs. She's got ranged combat with the Chakram. She's got... Uh, the sword play. She's got that sick battle cry that I will never forget. She does flips. I mean, who doesn't love flips? She's in studded leather armor. She's, uh, but she also does other things, right? She's she's smart. She's a tactician. She's a princess. So she's got the nobility factor. She works as a diplomat on many occasions. Uh, she has interactions with the gods. I mean, she becomes, you know, I think she's a lover of the gods for a while. She's, uh, an intermediary. She does missions for them. She fights them. I mean, she does a lot. I mean, that's a fighter. That's a mundane character. All that. I mean, the, the options are, are so out there. And I mean, she's the shit, you know, amazing. But Wait, Ben, do, do, do you like, like, like Cena? Dude, are you kidding me? Are you asking me if I'm attracted to Lucy Lawless and if I wouldn't marry Lucy Lawless? Like, yes, I would do those things. I would, I would marry Lucy Lawless in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Oh man! Um, to my well, actual girlfriend, I I wouldn't marry Lucy Lawless, but I love Lucy Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that being said, a little more modern of an example um, is Alice from the Resident Evil movies. I know those movies were not very positively uh, reviewed by <laughs> fans and critics. Oh my god, they were panned every time. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, she just is like a badass who has a butt ton of guns and like, yeah. uh, what like kukris and like fucking just like murders. I mean, mostly zombies, but also people. And like, but you can murder and, zombies in D and D. Yeah. You can murder anyone in D and D and you could run Alice Resident Evil in D and D really too. Yeah. Um, you gave me this one. I can't even believe I didn't think of this one. Lion-O from the Thundercats. <laughs> one of my, one of my boys, I, I have the belt buckle. I've got the figurine. Lionel's the best, and and he's a great example of uh, like a battle master. He's 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 in the combat, but he's he's a, a tactical leader of a group. Which is you know when you get a fighter as a face as a face of a group, that's an option. You know they really can be that position. Um, you know Lionel has some call them supernatural abilities, um, but at the same time, a lot of that comes from magic weapons, and there's nothing keeping fighters from using magic weapons. I mean, oh, yeah. fighter of the magic weapon is, is what a fighter is, is probably going to be most comfortable with in a lot of cases. And so you get a lion type figure, you get a, you get a face, you get a leader, you get a magic weapon user. You don't even have to go into like Eldritch Knight or anything. You just get them with a couple magic weapons, a magic sword, a magic gauntlet, maybe some magic, you know, unitard or something. And, <laughs> uh, and you're square. 
Uh, so Lionos, great. What else you got, Scott? Oh, I got one with a lot of range. Um, I'm going to first say that first, first off, I'm going to say fuck Mel Gibson. Yeah. Fuck Mel Gibson so much. Yeah. That guy's a trash bag. I know. He's kind of a shit But bag, huh? every <laughs> character in every movie he has ever played in is a fighter. And especially, like cool fighters especially too. what women want. Oh, I, I wasn't thinking of that one. Okay. <laughs> so you got me there. But like, I don't know. Lethal Weapon, Mad Lethal Max, Weapon, Mad Braveheart, Max. Last yeah. of the Mohicans. Like, Patriot. it goes on. Yeah. The Patriot, like, he always is a fighter. Lot. He's done it a lot. You're right. But like, he played a dad in, uh, in Signs, and that's kind of like a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like, but seriously, fuck Mel Gibson. I know. I know. He's, 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 he's kind of dirt. Um, Anyway, moving on to an actor with a little less baggage. Uh, Bruce Campbell. You get Ash from the Evil Dead series. He's great. You got a gun. You got a chainsaw. You got a bunch of sassy one-liners. Like, fighter, primo, done. Love it. It's even in the right... If you go to you go to Army of Darkness, you're even in the right setting. There you go. <laughs> it's zombies and medieval times. Perfect. There, that's done. It. Write it, sign the check, send it off to the bank. You're done. Oh, man. I really want to make Ash as a character now. Yeah, dude, I'm all of a sudden on the same board. Oh, he'd be great. I don't think uh, I could do him justice. You know, I feel like I feel like he's such a big figure. It's like I couldn't make him good enough. Yeah, that movie is so important to me. I don't know yeah, if I would want to do it. I know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> speaking of mundane characters surrounded by you know very magical, very powerful characters, well, not entirely mundane, but Cap America, Captain America. Mm is just a strong dude. He's just a yeah. strong dude. He's a strong guy um, with a shield. That's your that's your defensive fighter. Yeah. He uh, but again, have, you have a tactician. Yeah, he might have more powers that I'm not aware of because I'm not too deep into uh, comic book No, I mean, knowledge. he's got an enhanced strength and senses like, like Daredevil does or something, but he's not, like, wielding energy beams or anything like that. Oh, shit, I can't oh, believe shit. Daredevil. 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 Damn. No, he's a monk. Daredevil's a monk. Maybe, maybe. The, Maybe. the blind part know. that makes know. him a monk. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Daredevil's a fighter. Maybe I, I'm giving fighter. He's 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 a pretty. I mean, he, he like punches people in the like the dirty parts of Hell's Kitchen. Like that's that's like a fighter. Okay, right? okay, okay. So um, Netflix Daredevil is a fighter. Matt yeah. Damon Daredevil oh, is a monk. It was uh, I think it was Ben Affleck. Oh, right. They're the same person. Yeah, the, the interchangeable <laughs> boys from Massachusetts. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but those two, definitely. You have a lot of fighters in the Marvel DC universe. Um, you could turn... I mean, there's so many combatants in that. You, I mean, you could really just kind of go to Wikipedia and go totally crazy with that. Um, also, uh, returning to the Mad Max universe for a minute, you have Furiosa from the new movies. Uh, she's amazing she's a great character she's tough as shit she drives a cool vehicle uh she's willing to punch someone in the face she's willing to shoot someone in the face she's she's great fighty stuff she's real scrappy she's dirty she's kind of rebellious uh but i mean likewise i mean i mean almost anybody in the mad max universe constitutes a fighter you know i mean everyone has to be like a fighter you can't forget about humongous he humongous. rules the wasteland he rules the wasteland in his stupid leather diaper <laughs> <laughs> oh man um Another great fighter, uh, again, more modern of an example, but Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Mm, mm -hmm. She is, like, Ben was thinking monk because uh, yeah. of the, you know, uh, well, it's all kung fu, fu yeah, but... aspect of it or the, like, more martial art aspect of it. But, like, 
she the gore the just like <laughs> visceral fucking people up like yeah, that I, scene with the crazy 88s in that fucking restaurant that's a fighter that's 100 mm-hmm. percent a fighter yeah I, I'll, I'll give it to you i think she rides a line but i I'll, I'll give it to you um similarly you have someone like hit girl from kick-ass who i think is is much more firmly in that category who's just like it's it's much less um again not that it has to be this way but i think when you have somebody who fights that well, but it's much less um, precise, there's something very like crunchy about it all. You're, you're treading into fighter territory more strongly, and Hit Girl really has that. Uh, and who else? Who else you got there? Well, um, honestly, I don't even know why we did this list because there can only be one, and it's the oh, Highlander. Jesus God, what a good way to put that in. Uh, yeah, the Highlander. <laughs> The Highlander is good. I, I really like the Highlander. Like, as a champion figure, Highlander yeah. is actually more interesting, I think, than a lot of champions can tend to be uh, because that backstory is really good. I think the yeah. idea that everyone's vying for some sort of, like, magical title or ability or just, like, there can only be one, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a great way to not only develop what a character will be like, but a great way to push a character forward and get them to do something as a DM. Um and we had mentioned this, you know, uh, in the previous version, uh, but, you know, you can uh, consider something like the Princess Bride for examples of martial figures. So obviously you have Inigo Montoya, you have Fezzik, you have the man in black who, you know, treads on Rogue, but could be a fighter as well. You have Humperdinck who is sort of, he's not not a fighter. I mean, he's, he's, his whole thing is that he's the best hunter in the world. Um, and I, and, and the six fingered man likewise is maybe not a fighter necessarily, but is at least a martial sort of swordsman and the torturer thing too. Um, so, you know, especially if you're looking to run like a very low magic or no magic campaign, looking to something like the princess bride is an incredible, uh, resource. Um, but even just for characters, you know, any one of those characters could easily be a fighter. Uh, yeah. and they have so much personality. They have so much personality. So to think that you need to have spell casting to be exceptional and be interesting is is in that book, in that movie, trounced fully and completely, I think. Um, the other thing that I was thinking, because we didn't really have many examples of like the Eldritch Knight kind of thing, mm. um, you have in Brandon Sanderson's books, um, his Shard Bearers and... Oh, fuck. Oh, Scott... I forget. I forget oh, the, the title. fanboy falters. I know it sucks. Uh, I'm not even gonna bother looking it up. If you if you're familiar with Brandon Sanderson, if you're familiar with the book uh, The Words of Radiance, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and like, they're that kind of magically imbued fighter. They're that kind of like super above the regular fighter with the idea of their shard plate and their shard blades and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're not familiar with Brandon Sanderson's books, you should read them, especially if you're into D&D, because they are so rad. <laughs> okay, so this has been a long mini-sode. Um, yeah, it's a medium-sode. So it's medium. It's, it's a medium. medium. it's a medium-sode. Yeah. yeah. So if you have any questions about fighters, making fighters, using fighters, uh, variants on fighters, or you want to share some of your fighter ideas with us, uh, feel free to email us at dungeoncasterspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at dungeon underscore casters. Yeah, maybe we'll answer your question, respond to your comment, put something on a show. We'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Um. Oh, hey, Ben. Oh, yeah, Scott. 
With, hey, Ben. We're doing this long... St- I wonder if the joke will be able to travel the distance now that we're so far away. Like, I wonder if it's funny now that it's so far away. Well, well, honestly, I just hope you're not afraid of the dark. I'm going to take that as the setup and say that I am terrified of the dark, but why should I not be afraid of the dark? Because it's nighttime! Oh, God, okay. It traveled well. It traveled well like a bad cheese. podcast we used Achilles and News Sting by Kevin McLeod of acompetech.com licensed under Creative Commons.